Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone out there to the Facebook world that are watching live. Let us know in the comments if you're watching. Share this with your friends. If you're watching in replay, hashtag replay. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Anchor, please do leave us some comments. Please do share with your friends. Um, hit subscribe. If you dare, hit the little bell so you can get notifications off me. Um, but yeah, hello, everybody. My name is Sarah Saleh. Um, I am a what am I? <laughs> it's just funny. I was thinking about this today because I kind of changed so much over the last year because of COVID. But I help mums basically build a digital business online using the methods that I use to build up a travel business. And also from years of my consultancy, I've got a Facebook group. I do some charity work. And I started this podcast because I really want to get people's voices out there. There's a lot of group members that want to come on and just have something that's a little bit different rather than talking at people, kind of talking with people. If you're watching, please do engage. We would love to see you guys. Let us know who you are, where you're from. Um, and today I am so excited. I've got the infamous, very well-known, renowned Naima B. Robert, the very, very famous author. Um, come on today with us. So thank you for coming on, Naima. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm really, really well. Does that clock in for having me? I, I just wanted to, before we start, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, you know, you little, <laughs> but before we start, I just want to let everybody know how I know Naima. So yes. back in like 2005 or 2006, um, before I was Muslim, I was looking into becoming Muslim and a friend of mine was like, you need to read this book. You need to read this book. And I was like, what book is it? She's like, do you know, I think I might have even ordered it from Blackwells or somewhere like that. It was somewhere. I got it from a bookshop and it was called From My Sister's Lips. And I wasn't really expecting much. And I've read a few Islamic books and things like that. And they didn't really resonate with me. It was very, very... The language used, it was very flamboyant, it was very, you know, kind of Queen's English. It was yeah. it was not relative to me at all. Mm -hmm. And then your book came along and I was like, wow, this girl noticed that you spoke to me. It was literally like you were speaking to me. And when I was reading the stories on in the book, it was like I was I was actually that was per that person. So when I read your story about when you was at university and stuff like that and your family and that, it was just humbling, it was amazing. And then so it was almost like you were coaching me back then. Wow. You were the, one of the original coaches. <laughs> you were like one of the original mindset life coaches, like, you know, 15, 16 years ago. <laughs> you coached me back then without even knowing it. And I kind of followed you and I actually made a dua. I was like, please, one day, I love let me meet her so I can say thank you to her. And I think I met you at a charity event in Reading. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. <laughs> and then, you know, we've become friends and we've, you know, we've connected online and, you know, you're my coach and things like that as well. So, you know, that's just my agent as well. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You're my client as well. So, yeah, so it's been really good. It's been really beneficial. I think, you know, sometimes everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I really wanted you to come on because I think you've got so much value to share. And you're just so amazing. The story is, and, you know, your compliment, accomplishment is amazing, alhamdulillah. But, yeah, just come and tell us a little bit about yourself. Assalamu alaikum everyone and uh, welcome to everybody who's watching this. My name is Naima B. Robert. The B stands for Bint, which means daughter. So my name actually means Naima, daughter of Robert. So obviously Robert is my dad's name. Uh, I was born in Leeds, but I grew up in Zimbabwe. My parents are South African and I became Muslim ooh, final year of uni or maybe second year of uni. Long time ago now, we're talking 20, let's see, my eldest is 21. 
Mm. That means I was married 22 years, which means that it was 23 years ago now that Alhamdulillah I became yeah. Muslim. And uh, since then, I've done a variety of things, including founding Sisters Magazine, but mainly um, becoming a respected author of children's, uh, teens, and adults, uh, fiction and non-fiction, Alhamdulillah. So now most of my work is to do with writing and coaching other women with writing, but also with confidence and showing up, inshallah. That sounds amazing. I mean, is it 26 books that you've published? It is. It is 26. And you've probably got a few more. You should reach 30 by the end of the year, inshallah, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I know. I, th I was thinking of, you've probably got some in the back. <laughs> there's one. The back burner. I'm going to finish that one later because I'm not yeah. like projects. No, there's one that's come out this uh, this Ramadan, uh, which is uh, a toddler's guide to Surah Rahman. It's the cutest book ever, mashallah. Uh, then another one coming out in, in June, uh, which is my first self-published one, and it's a, a children's book about social justice. And then Islamophobia, a book for young people, is coming out in September, inshallah. And then I have a Hajj book for children coming out uh, probably July, August. Uh, and then maybe there'll be a couple of surprises before the end of the year, inshallah. Oh, you know, something I just threw together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, I mean, tell us a little bit how you, how did you get into writing? Where did it come from? Is it just something that you always had or is it something that, you know, is it something you fell into? I think I definitely would say I fell into it because I, I always loved reading as a, as a child. Always, always, always. My first... Um, sort of adventure with writing and really enjoying writing was definitely in high school. And, um, but you know, after that, I never ever thought of being a writer because in my mind, I wanted to make money and yeah. being a writer meant that you'd be struggling. So that was the <laughs> idea I had in my head. And it was only after I became Muslim and I had my first child and, you know, we're going to the library and really enjoying all the wonderful books there that I realized that there was just like there were no books about Muslims, no books about Islam, certainly not the types of books that I really enjoyed. So Alhamdulillah, I just I started just writing and, and you know, kind of playing with different ideas and how to bring sort of, you know, Islamic stories or Muslim stories or stories about Muslims uh, into the kind of book that I like. Um, yeah which is usually a book that is, uh, you know, very beautiful language, maybe a lot of, you know, poignant and you know, beautiful illustrations and moving, you know. And mm. just after writing a lot of bad stuff, uh, I, I hit upon um, the gold that was the swirling hijab. And that was a very, very simple rhyme. I think it took me less than a day to write it. It was about, you know, 24 lines. Mm -hmm. And that was my first book that was actually accepted for publication. And that's, wow. that started me on that journey, alhamdulillah. Yeah, because I mean, obviously back then, I mean, now I'm seeing so many people bring books out. I'm even yeah. thinking about looking at one myself. <laughs> but there's so many different people. But I mean, back then, it must have been really difficult to get into publishing, right? Like, it wasn't just a matter of going onto Amazon and just self-publishing. Yeah, I mean, definitely there wasn't the self-publishing space, you're right. Um, so I, that was never occurred to me. But I think I was fortunate because I, I, I did know how to research, you know, suitable publishers. Mm -hmm. So I've sent the manuscript to publishers that were open to what I was doing. At the time, there were very few multicultural publishers. There were literally a handful. This was before the publishing industry started talking about, you know, diversity and inclusion and stuff like that. That came way later. But it just so happened that I... I really contacted the best publisher for multicultural stories, which was Mantra Lingua, and they liked it straight away and they could see the benefit of it straight away, alhamdulillah. So, you know, it wasn't helpful for me because I got it at the right time. Yeah. Uh, it 
just before things started, you know, kind of uh, taking off. Um, and I and I contacted a publisher that was already ready for that kind of content, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. So basically, it was like you know, in the right place, alhamdulillah, exactly. right time. That's so what I tell all my clients, you know, I tell all my clients, and this is for anybody who's interested in publishing, getting a publishing deal is about three, three, three things aligning. Okay. One, the right story. Two, the right publisher. Three, the right time. If, by Allah's grace, all of those three line up, you'll, you will get an offer. If it's a great story, but it's the wrong publisher, then... It's, if it's not the kind of thing that they normally publish, if it's not what they what they like to do, then it will be a no. It could be a publisher that does normally do that kind of thing, but it's the wrong time because maybe they just did a book on the topic that you are proposing, you know, or, you know, they, they're not going to be signing those types of books. So it's the wrong time for them. So basically those three things need to be in alignment. And if they are in alignment, then inshallah, you will get a deal. So what's like, you know, what I've, got, I've always had this, I think I watched a movie or something and I've always had this vision of like writers being old men that go away to little cottages and sit by the sea and think about poetry mm. and you know they're writing all these thriller books or they, you know <laughs> that they go away and they lock themselves in a room for 10 months like what's the process of writing how do you kind of do you create a space for yourself do you have time is it like do you treat it like a business activity how does it kind of work well, it very, very much depends on the book. Children's books are very easy for me to write. A, a picture book will be less than a thousand words. So oh, it yeah. literally is a case of me just deciding, right, I'm going to sit down and do this now and I can get it done, you know, in less than an hour. So children's books is one thing. Novels is something else altogether. Uh, and my process with my novels, I've published six novels now, alhamdulillah. And my process with my novels was always after the kids have gone to bed, then I would write. And so many, many sleepless nights, you know, yeah. many nights of writing until three in the morning, that was the standard. Um, but I was also fortunate to always have had a publisher waiting for the novel. Okay. So yeah. uh, that was always very good for me because I work best with a deadline and I work best with something very concrete at the end. So once I've signed a contract and there's a deadline, then I, I know what I need to do, you know, to, in order to make yeah. that happen. You've got the deadline, it's all right, you've got to work the way back and just vote for it. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. it's from my sister's lips. I think I spent the summer talking to sisters, you know, yeah. sitting with them, you know, having these conversations, recording them, got them transcribed. And then I didn't go to the sea or to a cabin. I actually went home to Zimbabwe. Oh, <laughs> so wow. my family, we all agreed that I would go home to Zimbabwe with the children. I think I had two kids at the time and, and I would write while that we paid somebody to look after the kids. Cause you know, back home, you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it took six weeks. Was it six weeks? It took me to write from my sister's lips, but I had I had that support and I had that help, so I could sit and just write all day. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, once you've done the one, you kind of I suppose your process. You just, it's the same with anything, isn't it? You do it and you will find your process and yeah. stuff. Because I've my mum is she did like in the English literature. We've got at university. She actually went to Oxford as a mature student. My mm. sister loves poetry. Mm. I used to do a bit of like rapid and spoken word when I was young I've always kind of been into the writing space but for me it's always been something I've put to the side as a backbone I've never seen it as something that I could maybe make a career out of and I've always had an idea for a film script and I've even been washing up and I've thought I've even thought of like 
you know when they have school, mu music of the score mm. i've even thought about stuff like that mm. or i've heard a song and thought god that could go into my movie <laughs> like it's just crazy thing but that's yeah. been going on with me in my head for like 20 years like I literally that's been my process so, but i've never thought I've ever, I don't think I've actually sat down and spoke to you about the whole process of the book writing and stuff. So mm -hmm. for me, it's always been like, oh, maybe it's something I'll do as a hobby later. And I haven't got time for hobbies at the moment. Right, so no, it's kind of the thing that maybe I'll sit and do it. And or I've, I've, you know, I've written a little bit of poetry here and there and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's really really inspirational to think that I could probably actually even get a small kind of script together or something. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, there's people I know um, myself that I've you know been in my life that are now hollywood stars yeah like, this, can be done. this yeah. can be done you know yeah. this can be done you know there's somebody i knew in my early 20s that's now a nominee award win like he's been nominated for an oscar so it's like you know it's and that was just someone i knew from out and about before i was muslim and stuff like that so you know it, it i know it can be done yeah. you know it, it's like something you it's it made me think that could be and i think any sister that's watching or anybody that's watching this now it could be I think if you're watching this and seeing us, and I've got these thoughts inside me, and people probably wouldn't have ever thought that I would ever thought about writing, mm -hmm. or it's something correct and I want to do, yeah. and the way that you did it, because I know how difficult it is studying at, uh, in the evenings. I did it yeah. when my kids were, my two boys were really little, I was at night, and it's so difficult. Yeah. Because well, by that time, your, your brain is frazzled. That's the time you just want to block and just read a book or sit yeah. on a and stuff so it does take dedication i know but yeah i'm still gonna find a cabin and go and do it somewhere with the kids and even yeah. if, I mean, what i tell all my you know when i when i teach writing students or i have clients i just tell them you know what if you know that you want to write something mm. just dedicate 10 minutes a day to start with okay today anyone can do 10 minutes a day and you would be surprised at how your word count in those 10 minutes starts to increase uh, the more you do it. Yeah. Uh, and before you know it, you're hitting a thousand words, 5,000 words, 10,000 words, you know, and, and people, I have clients who have written their whole book, 30,000 words in just 10 minutes a day and just, they didn't stop doing that. So that would be wow. my advice to you and to anybody else who does have something, but maybe doesn't have the luxury of taking time out from their life in order to do this. Just 10 minutes a day, if you invest that time, put it in your calendar, put it in your diary and prioritize just 10 minutes, no distractions, just to write, you will see that you'll be able to produce some really amazing That's stuff. That's really good advice. I, I've never really thought of it like that. I thought I'd have to go away, oh. I'd have in a room, I'd be sat there writing on my typewriter. It's very romantic. <laughs> of course, I did. But the issue, the, the, the issue with these kind of great ideas, I mean, they're great, you know, to think of going like, you know, to the mountains in Spain and just riding yeah, right the street, right? <laughs> the, the problem with those fantasies is yeah. that they keep the writing process firmly in the it's realm of fantasy. Like a block, something right? That, it's, yeah. it's not possible. Like, you, it's not realistic. You're not, you're not going to do that. And it's something that you just dream of in the future, but really, you know that it's not going to happen. Possibly. Yeah, it's like this podcast. This is exactly what I did with this podcast. For about six months, I was like, I want to do a podcast. I really want to get out there. I love being on video. I Everybody says that I communicate really well on video. So I, I just love speaking to people as well. And I was like, oh, I just got I need to, the tech's getting in the way. Oh, I haven't got this you know, this microphone, I haven't got this, but actually I don't need all that. I just need to go out and do it. So yeah, yeah I'm, that's going to be my goal now. We'll have to do a little check-in. <laughs> a kind yeah, of really check-in check about my stories that I'm going to write and stuff. Cause 
yeah, I, I, I used to read so many books. I used to read like so, like when I was working in London, I used to commute from Reading before I had children on the train. Um, back then I did have a Kindle, but I also used to buy lots of books because WH Smith at the train stations do like two for 10 pounds and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I used to read so much all every week and I'd give them to the charity shops or, you know, yeah. do the book swaps and stuff like that. So I did used to read a lot. I was really into it. And so my husband's a really big reader as well. He really likes reading fantasy novels and stuff. So we are kind of bookworms in this house. Yeah, nice. uh, so it just makes sense for us to get into do something like that. So that's really good advice i mean it's, it just shows you how accessible some of these things are and how we kind of put blocks up for ourselves yep do you yep. know what i mean it's like we're putting a block up all the time i mean i suppose in you've got you've got you do coaching as well don't you so in your coach you not it's not just book coaching as well you do motivational coaching and stuff as well don't you yeah, yeah, I have a program, Be The Hero program. And uh, in the Be The Hero program, we really work on solidifying the points that I make in Show Up. Because Show Up, this yeah. book, it's <laughs> Fincy. <laughs> show Up, the book, came from the coaching. It came right. from my own personal journey, but the, the actual kind of teaching and breaking down, you know, the six steps and, you know, how to do them and everything, yeah. that came from my coaching. So, yeah, so I, I, I run the program. I have a cohort at the moment, and we'll be having another one in June, inshallah. But I, I just see somebody's just commented. They've hmm. said, I'm joining Naima's boot camp. Let's do this. It doesn't say who oh, it is. Basically. So there's somebody watching that's joining your boot camp. Yay! Yes, I have. Uh, they have You've got a boot camp coming up. The book Breakthrough Boot Camp. There's another one on the 1st of May for okay. all my book writers mashallah who you know want to kind of plan out their book um so yeah that's gonna be on the first of may inshallah okay so you've got a you've got a program starting and what what's in that program this is my 90 day book writing program for my oh, okay. authors. so it's memoir usually memoir and transformational self-help coaching type of clients is to typically the ones that come to me entrepreneurs business people you know experts who want to kind of have that book that you know establishes their authority this is the the boot camp for them because we'll be helping them to just check out what is it that they want to do and planning yeah. the book and you know getting down their chapter outline and you know just deciding you know what kind of timeline they're going to give themselves just to get them started you know yeah, that's amazing. Because like I said, you've got your process. You're an absolutely established, amazing, like award-winning author. So it just makes sense to come to you, right? When you need some coaching, just come to you. And you're going to get the mindset stuff of you as well. So you're going yeah, to get I love it. Yeah, yeah, but I love it. Because you're an amazing motivational speaker as well. I mean, you the get, mindset stuff is well, everything. You're both all over the world, aren't you? you get, I, I know you get taken all <laughs> over the world when you're speaking. So. The mindset thing is, 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 is 80%. No, the mindset no. is, you know, you, you know that 80-20 rule? The mindset yeah. is the 20% that makes 80% of the difference. Um, there's right. only so much you can do with skills that you learn yeah. and knowledge that you learn. If you don't have the right mindset, those skills and that knowledge will inevitably go to waste. But with the right mindset, even less than perfect skills and less than, you know, amazing knowledge, will get you further because you have the right mindset and really that's what show up was all about show up is a mindset reset for for muslims you know and i'm actually really looking forward to doing the second edition of show up because the second edition of show up is going to be like you know because it's going to have the coaching conversations it's going to have a lot more content that i've been developing with my clients 
Um, it's going to have a lot more client stories and my own personal stories. It's going to be a banger, inshallah. So I'm looking forward to that because I've got yeah, the workshop. So you the got shop in June. as well. It's on mm -hmm. Amazon. It's it's not even expensive. It's really. I can't remember how much it was, but it wasn't expensive. It was on, I think Amazon had it on offer when I got it. So I got it at yeah. You know, sometimes they put the box on offer. It's an absolutely amazing book. It's even got like places where you can write notes in between. In between. It's like a coaching manual. It's like me coaching you. Yeah, it's That's amazing. It's, it's literally like, it's, like I said, it's just, it's like getting you for a coaching session. So when you're reading it, it's like, oh, wow, this is great. And like, I can actually hear you. It's so great. I can, when I, read it, I hear your voice. Hello? I can also, I can almost, um, I can almost um, imagine when I'm thinking about what you said, I can almost imagine what your reply would to me would be. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. I'm you know, glad. Do you know that with my consulting clients, obviously come, people come to me, they need help to grow online, they need help setting up their business. You know, <clears throat> when you start a business, you don't realise, again, you 80% of it at the start is marketing. You don't realize you need to market yourself. You know, you might want to just sell pens, for example. Yeah, yeah. You might have really nice pens, but if you can't get your message out there at the moment in this like kind of online space, the way we are, um, it's really difficult. And I'm finding that nearly a lot of a lot of my clients um, have needs a lot of um, help with their mindset as well, and it's confident. Yeah. People come to me because they have confidence issues. They don't like going live, especially with Muslim women. It's very difficult to step out into the space. And I always use you as an example. I'm like, go and see Noma. Go and follow Noma <laughs> because mm. you know, people are like, I can't put myself out there. What am I supposed to do? And I, you know, they find it they find it very difficult. So yeah. I've actually started doing a lot of work myself so I can serve my clients better. So I've been learning about <laughs> coaching. Oh. <laughs> I've been learning about different coaching. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been doing like um I've been looking at different types of coaching, different, you know, methods and stuff like that. And I'm looking at getting some new programs myself in the summer, inshallah, because I've still got the little baby and you know, incorporating with a bit of fitness and stuff into it, because I know that's something else people have got. But you know, that's another thing I think that you're very, really, really good example and role model for is like again showing up. You actually do it because you know you're a Nikabi sister, you are a global public speaker, you are a you know, you're an author, you're a mother, you're a homeschooler as well. You've homeschooled your children. And I think there are so many women out there that are like us, and we're just normal people. We're not anything special. We're just like them. We're mums, we just want to do better for our family, we want to hell out income, we just want to have a good family life. And you can put yourself out there. There is ways that you can put yourself out there that are not gonna, you know, encroach on anything to do with your religion or your confidence you just like I said I've seen you speaking I think you were speaking at um I think it was in America and I was like oh my god she's like at a non-muslim event and like she's with all these other people which is great because this is what I do as well and a lot of people are really scared to get out of their space they're really scared to get outside the box because like you said the Islamophobia but I think a lot of it's kind of misinterpretation and lack of confidence yeah. I mean, I, I never think of, uh, I was just saying this to somebody today, actually, you know, when it comes to Muslim spaces, Muslim spaces are my comfort zone. Yeah, It doesn't matter what it is, who it's with, if it's Mufti Mank, Zain Bika, Yasmin Mujahid, whoever, whoever, like, alhamdulillah, like, I'm 100% comfortable, confident in any Muslim space. You put me there, I'm good, alhamdulillah. My stretch zone, the, 
the part that is beyond my comfort zone is non-Muslim spaces, mainly yeah. because of my niqab, not because of anything else, yeah. but because of the and the, the reaction that I anticipate. Yeah. Uh, people will have to the way that I dress. Now, alhamdulillah, 2019 was a very big year for me because I, I just kind of pushed, I really leaned into that discomfort in a lot of ways. From 2018, I was taking part in non-Muslim coaching spaces and being yeah. a part of the space and, and, and mm -hmm. you know, really being vocal and, and, and being involved, being visible. And then 2019, I got to do like so much more than that. I went to the US, uh, to San Diego for, for like, a, you know, this, um, this retreat with all the other people in the program, it was at Clients on Demand. Uh, I went to Canada for a speaking workshop. You know, that's how I managed to kind of, you know, start to partner with, you know, with more uh, non-Muslim speaking spaces. Um, and, you know, to, if I'm honest, uh, first, the first thing I want to say is that my first priority is my community. Yeah. That's me. Now, everybody is entitled to choose their niche any which way they cut it, any which way they do it, they are entitled to do that. My primary audience is the global muslim audience so those that is my first priority i am not interested in the accolades accolades of the, the sort of mainstream quote unquote yeah. i'm not interested in the awards or the endorsements or even the publishing deals not really what i am about no. that's not success to me for me success is firstly holding on to my religion uh, yeah. and and being true to that and second is being a force for good within the ummah third is being a force for good within the world so that's that's me yes. now yeah. the interesting thing is the more you establish yourself in the so-called mainstream mm -hmm. the more authority you gain within the muslim space have you noticed this yeah it's like muslims <laughs> will see oh she was on gmtv let yeah. me pay Attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she got her book published with Random House. Let me pay attention. Oh, <laughs> she got uh, you know interviewed by Russell Brand. Let me pay attention. Yeah. So, so when I look at you know kind of going into non-Muslim spaces and and kind of saying something important, there's it's because of that third thing, which is being a force for good in the world, but also understanding that anything you do, it, whether it's in the Guardian, in the Times, on CNN, on any of these channels, it increases your authority and your impact within the Muslim community. So if your goal is to become a person of impact and influence within the Muslim community, then a part of your strategy can be, could be, maybe should be getting recognition from outside or at least showing that you have what it takes to handle it out there, even if that's not your main space. Because me personally, I'll be honest, I've been invited to speak at a lot of non-Muslim events and I've gone and I've done it. I don't like it. Like I don't enjoy it. You don't it's like it for me. It's not as enjoyable for me because You've got the confidence to do it, Naima. That's I can do it. Can a lot do of people it. don't have the confidence to do any of this stuff. They don't feel, as a Muslim woman, that you can step outside your box. That's what I'm saying. That a lot of people don't think that they can walk into a, a networking meeting and there are like what I've done. I remember the first networking meeting face to face when I went. My daughter was really little. And I was almost like, oh my God, my hijab, they're gonna what they're gonna think, how they're gonna look at me, they're all gonna be totally different, they're all gonna be like not gonna get on. And I had an amazing time, like an absolutely amazing time. And nobody really nobody said anything, no one worried, it was me. 
It was me that yeah, was worried yeah. about security. I was like, oh, I, you know, people are not going to like me because I'm Muslim, people are not going to accept me for my hijab. It, it's but, almost like an internalized Islamophobia because, and I, and, I, and I agree with you, I think what you were saying earlier on when you said Islamophobia, like I never think of Islamophobia when I go out into the street. Like I refuse to allow that into my consciousness, yeah. even though I yeah. know that there are some people with ideas about Muslims, negative ideas, etc. I don't want that to encroach on the way I see myself yeah. or the way I walk in the world. So definitely, if you are looking out for evidence of Islamophobia, guess what's going to happen? It's gonna, you're gonna, we're going to take something the wrong way, I know. You're going to find it. You are going to find it. It's like if you go out into the world looking for examples of racism, sexism, chauvinism, any kind of ism, you are bound to find it. Because that's how our brain works. It's like, you know, when I was saying to my girls that, you know, my dream car is a Range Rover. And we were talking about Range Rovers. All of a sudden, we start to see Range Rovers everywhere. Every yeah. time. Every time yeah. we went out, we see Range Rovers, Range Rovers, Range Rovers. Since I stopped talking about Range Rovers being my perfect car, I can't remember the last time I saw a Range Rover. In fact, today, because we were saying, oh, remember when mommy used to say, see a Range Rover and say, Range Rover. And then we saw one. But in yeah. between the whole lockdown, we've not seen any Range Rovers. So it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just I know how what you mean. It's how our brain works. Yeah, I think it's also just, you know, having that thing to say, we are a Muslim woman, we are allowed to just be Muslim. It's part, it's not a thing, it's part of our life. It's how we live our life. And I used to feel like I had to be, I almost had to be religious and I always every time I was out doing something business wise or I was putting myself out there or I was speaking to someone I almost felt like I had to be it had to have some sort of religious thing attached to it but I've actually realized no I can you know run a business I can give a training and a coaching training of course I say bismillah and stuff before but I don't have to be giving any kind of religious kind of content in and I think a lot of sisters feel like that as well if they're putting themselves out there you should kind of be a bit religious or you should be you know putting yourself out there religiously and if you're not why you're not doing it kind of thing whereas I'm not a scholar I'm not in any way qualified to be doing that kind of thing so yeah. For me, for my business, this is what I'm doing. I want to make impact for people. I want to change people's lives. I want to help people. It's not, for me, it's not about making millions. It's about trying to change millions of people's lives. That's how mm. I see it for the sake yeah. of Allah. And if I can do that with a halal income and not have to go out and stuff, then, you know, that's that's what I want to be. And I think yeah. just having, giving the, you know, I always use you as, as an example, as a confidence, always. I say, just go and follow my, go and follow my, our sister Naima and you see what she does and, you know, see her, the impact and the intention she has and things like that. So thank you, Naima, for all of, to all of us. I'm going to say thank you on behalf of everybody for being such a good role model for everyone. Thank and, you. All for your you know, just, you know, just, just being there and just giving people a voice because you gave me a voice. In 2006, 2007, you gave me a voice. You gave me a voice and a confidence that I didn't know that I had, that I didn't know that we existed. Hmm. So, you know, what that book that you've written as well, I'll always go back to it, but it's kind of even now people are going to, we're still reading it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. everyone you say, oh, I know that book, oh, what is it? It's kind of, there's waves of ripples, mashallah, it's just going to be, and I think that's kind of probably always going to follow you, and inshallah, it will you the rest of your business. I mean, I mean, I pray that this, I mean, every, I think everybody, you know, it's from Allah. 
you know yeah. uh, everybody really kind of you know you wish for something that will touch people's lives that you impact people you know like people that you'll never meet that you'll never see that you they will never really know you but yeah. because they read your words their lives have changed and that's why i always talk about with my my book writing clients as part of what i coach them on is understanding the higher purpose of them writing their book so those people who are listening who do believe they have a story to tell or a message to share and they want a piece of this of this making yes. an impact and touching people's lives they need to attend the boot camp yes guys please go and follow naima we'll put the links in the comments um i'll put it on like i said this is going to go up back up on replay got you have you got a facebook group as well haven't you we've got facebook uh, no, yeah yeah uh, release the book within Okay, so yeah. within, I'll yeah. tell it. those guys. Go and follow Naima and follow her. I will put all the links in the comments. Thank you so much for coming on today, Naima. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you. I've had a brilliant time. Again, I have so many amazing friends. <laughs> and you guys, if you're watching again, like I said, please share it. Please follow Naima. And thanks a lot for watching. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.